Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. One, and we're off. Put your hands together. Uh, uh, uh. Hey, girl. What's up, everyone? Father Nathan. Father Mike. I almost said St. Joan of Arc, but this is Catholic Stuff You Should Know. I at St. Joan of Arc. At St. Joan of Arc. I usually don't introduce myself for the, um, uh, my, uh, what's it called, um, uh, homilies, but I do do it on the podcast. So here we go. We are um, back in the saddle. Uh, we have not, I have not recorded since the uh, uh, national championship of the uh, uh, Alabama Roll Tide. Roll Tide. So, um, what did I see? I saw them play. Uh, I saw them play Notre Dame. Yeah, that was that was fun. Well, for you, yeah, not for a lot of Catholic fans out True. there. True. Yes, I will not say anything more about that because I would you say that said too much. The Fighting Irish are the um, are the Catholic team of America. I I got into or is an that arg- too much. To I got say. into an argument about this. I don't want to go down that path. All right. Um, I mean, I don't. I I got no dog in the fight. Well, I, mean, I really do you, don't have. But here's the I, question: What do you do? What all the people like who go to Gonzaga or Boston College or what I'm Holy Cross about. or? But then it's different for basketball because they all get in on basketball. What about Villanova? Okay. All right. I mean, at some point, it's just like what is Villanova though? They're not <laughs> named after a saint. They're not, but neither Seton Hall. Well, that's not true. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess, yeah, Notre Dame is the best saint ever, Our Lady. True, yes. But I'm not saying, <laughs> I'm not saying that the, the football team has to be the best. That's true. I mean, You know what, they, here's what we got to do. It's tough. We got to make a movie with Alabama with some underdog kid. That's true. Yeah. Finally like, makes it. Like a fat, like a fat, uh, you know, sixth grader that finally gets a t-shirt, <laughs> you know, that says Alabama. I have been combing through pictures trying to find that uh, picture of me in that uh, Alabama shirt from back in the day. Did you get one out of one of those? You know those guns that shoot shirts into no, the crowd? No. I never caught anything like that. My brother Mike, though, I, I once had to go to the bathroom at the Blues game, and I was like, hang on, dude. Like, I'm going to go to the bathroom before the first period. And I come back out, and he goes, um, while you were in the bathroom... Uh, I got approached to go on the ice for the third period. I was like, what? Whoa. And he had to do like the whole like trivia challenge. And uh, he got it right. And he got a blue shirt. Did he slip on the ice? No, they have a carpet. Well, how did they pick him though? Just a camera? No, it was just of... like a dude walking through. And then he like looked at my brother and he's like, hey, would you like to answer a few questions? And he's like, sure. And he's like, all right, come down to the ice on the third period. So Yeah. And he got all the questions right? He, I don't, uh, I don't know about all the questions, right? But he got enough questions that he got a T-shirt. That a boy. That's right. Now I used to bring my, uh, I used to bring my baseball glove to the Rockies games, right? Hoping to catch one of those home runs or foul balls or whatever. Or T-shirts. Never got anything. Did you ever catch one of those? I, I guess it must be rare. I have. Now, all the kids have that glove, as if this happens all the time. Yeah, I, I, we got a home run. Uh, what's it called? Uh, batting practice ball. Okay, um, well that counts. So that's I'll take kind that. of yeah, but like uh, never in a game. My brother though, when we were when we were at the Cardinals Pirates game, uh, when uh, Trevor Williams totally dominated the Cardinals, there was a screaming foul ball, and my brother like didn't reach down fast enough, 
And he goes, it would have hurt my hand. I'm like, dude, yes, it would have. Yeah. But like, I mean, come on. The stinger. So it was, I mean, it was, it was worth a, it. It was a rocket. I so what happened to it, though? Some other fan got it? Oh, no, it hit off. The, it, we were the first ones on the wall. Um, we were the first ones on the wall, and it bounced off, and that was it. Like, we never we never got it. Like, uh, um, so it went back into the field to play, and that was it. Man, those are, that's just magical. I love those times as a kid. All right, so I got to be honest, okay? Jack Conroy once took me to a Cubs-Pirates game, and uh, I was in the bleachers during batting practice and uh, a home run came right at us. And I looked at that ball and how fast it was going. And I looked at my little surgeon hands and I go, Nope. And I moved and it hit off the wall and bounced back into the field of play. And Wait everybody, every, so you can't shame your brother. I know. I'm just, I'm being guess, honest. You right avoided now. the stinger. I avoided the stinger. That's true. Uh, but my brother's the athlete. Oh. I've always been the brains and the good looks. And the surgeon hands, apparently. The surgeon I've ne- hands. never heard reference to the surgeon hands. Seriously? Oh, yeah. My mom used to say, uh, I, like, I, I had, like, you know, I'd have to get, like, m- miniature gloves, you know, like baby gloves. Uh, and she goes, she goes, your hands aren't small. You have surgeon hands. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. And then I've, like, I, every time I meet people who are surgeons, I look at their hands and they're enormous. Oh, <laughs> Well, they're not like mine. You know, I I got shaky hands, and I hated hated that little game where you had to fish the bones out of that electric man. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Operation. Operation. Oof! I could never do that. Surgeon hands. That one would be pretty tough for you. You know, I got a I got a small head. Whenever I I I could pretty much use a kid's hat. Like I have to tighten. You know those. You got all those little pins, and I have to tighten the hat way down. I got this little head. Yeah. Well, that's why you're growing your hair out. Kind of. To amplify your, you know, pins. I I had some long hair. What are, are those called pins? I don't pins, really know. Pins, pegs? You know, yeah. Yeah, like I, I have no idea what those nubbies are called. It's not a zipper. Yeah. I don't know. No, if anybody knows hats real well. Did you ever, did you ever think it was super cool when people had fitted hats? Oh yeah, like fitted. I hat. never. That was expensive. It was expensive. You weren't going to go they down. Call them. They call them something like pro hat or oh, I forget the name of that. Yeah, name. I mean, uh, we, there used to be a place in the mall called Lids. Yeah, and that was where all the cool kids went to go get their heads measured, and then they'd have a fitted cap. And like the only hat that I had was like um, uh, the uh, grain hat from my grandpa's co-op, which I still have. And, uh, yeah, well, you know what? It's come around. That's the cool stuff. John Deere hat. True. Grain hat. Those, exactly. F- those trucker hats. Yep. I had but w- I don't know. I never had one of those hats because it, exp- it was kind of a luxury thing. Luxury. And then you, uh, and then you, you bend, the, bend the bill yep. real tight, you know, get it down there, and you have to, like, bind it or something so that it yeah. would take that form. Yeah, my friend would do it. He would, uh, like, soak it. And then he would uh, uh, rubber band it together, and then he would put it in the oven. Yeah, I'd heard of this. I did that with my baseball glove, but not the... Right, I did mine, yeah. Not the hats. Anywho, yeah, we, were, we didn't have stuff like that. I always... I, I've said this before. I wanted Umbro shorts. <laughs> Umbro shorts was like the thing. And like, there is no way I would have looked cool in Umbro shorts. 
Like, it's just, I don't have... Umbro shorts. I don't have the... Jinkos were like these Jinkos. fat jeans. Oh, yeah. I never had any of this Josh, stuff either. You remember the... Um, this kid Josh in my class had all the Jinkos. There was like Sambas they were wearing for a little bit. The yeah, those are the... kids. Yeah, the, that's what... I mean, like, people are you still wearing Sambas. Airwalks and vans. Airwalks, yeah. Father, um, uh, Father Scott Bailey still wears Sambas, but he looks cool in them. Yeah. It can work with the clerics, but not everybody could do I'm it. trying to think. There's like one guy Jinkos. in each presbytery. One guy in a diocese. Yeah. And then, I mean, the biggest thing was, like, Abercrombie and Fitch. Like, I mean, fitted hats was, like, sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade. Like, by the time you're in high school, I mean, I think it was part of it. Definitely Jinkos, but, like... Uh, but Aber- Jinkos was one style. That was, like, skater kid. Abercrombie and Fitch, and then um, Doc Martens. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. If you, were going, if you were going to the, uh, if you were going to the, the movies... And you were like wearing Abercrombie and Fitch, and uh, Doc Martens. So I had I had a get up. I stole. Okay, I got to be honest. Jeff Fletcher, I stole your Abercrombie sweater. I don't think you cared, uh, but I stole your Abercrombie sweater. I don't know how I inherited Doc Martens. I don't think I stole them, but I somehow got Doc Martens. And then Brian, my cousin accidentally left his bottle of cool water cologne oh, at our house oh, man and i stole that too and like that was my setup man that was your night that man. was my like dude i did looked... you land the girl no okay no i'm uh, celibate. Good, i'm celibate good, good try anyway the only time what about that's because you stole cody's sweater <laughs> if you wouldn't have stolen cody's sweater then the gods of Romance would have All right, I'm going to te- text. Uh, I'm doing this right now because I'm getting it off my conscience. <laughs> Doc I'm texting shoes. Jeff Fletcher that. and telling him, I stole a, an Abercrombie sweater from you. Did you ever give it back? No, see, Abercrombie was too preppy for me. I was too punk. No thanks. <laughs> he's, texting, <laughs> he's texting Jeff Fletcher. Jeff, I believe I stole. I'm glad you still have his, his uh, contact. Your... Abercrombie sweater in what junior year? And you didn't get it back to him. I no longer have it. Let me know if you want money for it. You just buy him a sweater. Jeff's cool. Fletch. <laughs> oh well, I'm glad we got. I'm, I'm glad we settled that. Father Nathan makes amends. Part five. Oh my gosh. Well, the other thing. Oh my gosh. The other day, somebody pointed it out, and I was like, I gotta, I gotta apologize for that too. I think I stole. Uh, what was it? Oh, I ripped a, uh, I ripped a CD off the library. Onto my computer. Oh, I see what you're saying. And then you give it back to the library. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think I remember that. I can't even think of what I would have. I enrolled at one point in one of those mail order CD programs. Oh, yeah. Where you get five free and then you're locked in for life. Where They're sending you stuff you don't want and then you have to send it back or you're paying big bucks. I can't. Oh, what was that? Clearinghouse or something? No, it was BMG. 
BMG. Columbia House. Columbia House. Yeah. I was it's so enticing. They send you that catalog and there's all that cool music. Uh, they don't do that anymore, I don't think. No, there aren't CDs. Whatever, man. All right. Well, I'm glad you I just did. made it right. Just so you know, like, made just, it right, just right in with case. Jeff. I look forward to hearing that was sent. his response, what he's going to do Jeff, about this Jeff sweater. Text back. He's a great kid. <laughs> what about inflation? How much would that... You owe him. You owe him at least I prob- three extra dollars on this sweater. I, yeah, I probably owe him. You know, like uh, I probably owe him a. Uh, I don't know, fifty bucks. Aber, I mean Abercrombie. It was it was nice stuff. Fifty bucks would have been a lot back then. Shoot, I, I make it sound like we're eighty or something, but. <laughs> This all is right. helpful, man. Like I like I like, you know, remembering certain things and just being like, all right, I'm gonna get that off my that chest. That was smart, man. You just went right at I it. I do not wanna take care I of I do things. not wanna keep this rolling like back in the day. So are you going or am I? I got a I have a very intri- intriguing topic. Well, how can I pass on that? That's a good Here we go. Good sell, my friend. Okay. Did you ever watch uh, certain uh, TV shows that you uh, like had seen multiple times or movies? But you watched it on mute because you could pretty much fill in all the dialogue? No. So, like, uh, I watch... I mean, I could probably do that with certain things. Heavyweights. There you go. So, like, we, our family... Like, what's your family movie? Uh, my mom loves Sound of Music and What About Bob? What About Bob? Oh, my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> so that good. is such a classic. It's so good. Bill Murray. Oh. So, um... Yeah, so there are certain movies movies that you know so well, you've seen them so often, that sometimes it's cool to uh, mute it and be like, can I still do the dialogue? Can I still, like, you know, figure it out? Because uh, you have a general idea of what's going on, but sometimes you see it even more. Like, oh, yeah, it's really funny that he said this at this point, you know? Well, you know? I do have an example. Yes. So in 10th grade, geometry class, uh, John Foley... He um, recited all of Dumb and Dumber from completely memory. monologue. Yeah, it was Whoa. very very impressive. We had a block schedule, an hour and a half. Yes, this guy could do the whole thing. There was a there. Was, that's that's amazing. Yeah, and it was cool to just because like everybody had seen it enough. Yes, that, there's an, uh, that, another movie I'd seen enough where you can imagine every scene. Right. So as he's doing it, it's just phenomenal. Yep. That happened to me in the liquor store the other day where the guy was watching uh, Dumb and Dumber and he went to go help me and we passed under the televisions. And uh, as I passed under the guy, uh, he said, um, those your skis? And I waited, you know, the right amount of time and I go, both of them? Because that's line, <laughs> yeah, you know? Yeah. And the guy was like, man, you know this movie. I'm oh, like, yes, I do. He got it. So anyways, so what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to mute... The sacraments. And I just want you to think about what's happening, and I want you to tell me what you think it signifies. Oh, boy. You have a better memory than I do, but I'll, I'll play. That's all right. I'll play. Here quiz we go. Show. It's not really quiz show, but it's like, like a lot of people look at Catholicism like, what exactly are you guys doing? You yeah. know? It's like, oh, we're doing this. So like, oh, we're doing baptism. It's like, yeah, but what is that? And you try to explain it to them or whatever, but like sometimes the simplest explanation is 
exactly the action that is happening in front of you. Yeah. So let's just take baptism, for example. We mute everything. You don't okay. hear Father Nathan or Father Mike giving you know, the, the explanation of everything. But at the moment that the baptism happens, what is the first thing that comes to your mind? What exactly is that dude in the crazy outfit doing to that baby? Uh, washing them. Washing. Yeah. Right. And so what is baptism at its simplest? Yeah, it's washing. Washing, right? Yeah, washing. Back in the day when they used to do baptisms where it was in those like crazy pools and like, you know, it was like all the people all around, the priest would hold you under. Yeah. He would actually submerge you. So what did that look like? Drowning. Drowning. Death. Yeah. It's fascinating. Yeah. I like where you're going here. All right. So I like it. that's the first one. So at its simplest, baptism, washing, death. Am I supposed to imagine like the whole ritual with like the... Nope. Um, mm. I don't know. Anointings and all that stuff. You can. Because I think anointing might be less intuitive. Like it's more... It's historically backgrounded in, in Bible. Oh, you're, talking, you, you you're talking about the anointing of the sick? No, like anointing a baby. At oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we, we don't do that. Those are the we exp- wash babies like that. Right. Those are the explanatory rites. I'm just talking about the, 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 uh, the essential matter. Because mm. I'm teaching RCIA right now, which is so amazing. Yeah. Because I am it. such a bad teacher. Great. Such a bad teacher. And I think all the time, like, how do I convey this to them? Like, how do I get them engaged? And I have way more respect now for all of my catechists. Like, everybody who's taught me at any level, I'm like, if you weren't reading out of a book and you were just trying to, like, teach me something, I have absolutely no idea how long it took you to come up with these things. So thanks for trying. Oh, yeah. It's an art. Shout out Brett Monero. Brett Monero. RCIA captain at Cathedral. Oh, nice. Um, shout out to me. No. Yeah, uh, boy. Travis Todd. Travis Todd is our uh, is our main guy. All right, so baptism at its simplest is a washing, washing away of sin. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a washing of the the filth and grime that has kind of uh, kept the the soul from from living this new life. Um, and it's a death. It's a it, and you know back in the day when it was a, a threefold immersion, it looked like a death. It looked like you were trying to drown them. Okay. Yeah. We want to do confirmation next. Here we go. What when you see when you see the priest or the bishop go to the people and uh, imagine them all lined up, they're all lined up with their sponsors and everything else. When they come forward and that priest or or bishop, you know, does the action to them. So for those of you that don't know, um, you know, you take oil and you uh, make the sign of the cross on their forehead. What does it look like? Oh, this one. I, this one is just kind of a stretch. I don't know that it. Bear with me. Comes straight to be like marking somebody. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Commissioned. That's what I think it looks like. It oh, look, okay. It looks like you're commissioning them for something. Sending them. They're walking forward, and you are you are giving them like uh, giving them a role. Your role, yeah. And I put sealed for battle. Because back in the day, they used to slap them. Yeah. They used, used to get a light uh, smack on the cheek. Um, and you have this whole array of persons, 
and you are uh, spreading out your hands over them and invoking like the power of something over them, and then you're sending them forth. Yeah, it's a commissioning. Uh, you're also you're also touched like uh, that. Each person is individually encountered, mm-hmm. which I think is beautiful because ultimately it's you. It's an encounter with the Holy Spirit. It's an encounter with uh, the entire church body. You're being sent forth from that place to be, uh, you know, the light of Christ, you know, for these others. So, yeah, I here's a bad example, a stretch, because of the implications. But I think of graduation, something like that. Yes, you line them up. They're wearing fancy clothes. Yes, and then you robes. Have, you, each one has their moment. And then they're sent, and that's the idea. Is like, okay, you move it. You've become a different person from here, that step to this step. And what I don't love about that is I don't like people to think of confirmation as a graduation. Ceremony, Agreed, right? But it is a, like a visual for me, like analogous. Yes, and but I think we could even do better about what graduation is all about, because graduation isn't just congratulations. Here's this diploma. You would be an absolute fool. If all you did with the education that you received was, hey, I got this diploma. Right. It's like, yeah, but are you going to get a job? No, I got that diploma. That was well, the whole point. but you do have like... The whole point. Somebody gives a cliche speech about, let's go change the world. Listen, man, that's... that's, that's I mean, I don't know if Archbishop's going to like that, that you said it's a cliche sheet. Cliche, no, 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 cliche no. Sheet. Not about Shout out to Keith Parsons who, not about who, who listens. I'm talking about graduation. I right? know. Somebody gets up there. But and then it's whatever. similar. But I'm saying... That's exactly what the bishop it's a, does. It's a commissioning ceremony, right? Yeah. It is saying, hey... Save the okay, world. Right. Change, you know, change lives. Right. You have been selected. Recycle. We're sending you as a university. But isn't that interesting? If you just muted everything, that it would look very much like a graduation yeah, ceremony. Yeah. And it does parallel. Okay? Right. Okay. I'm with you. All right. Here we go. Eucharist. Wow. Um. Th- so yeah, I'm imagining the priest. He's doing his thing. Mm-hmm. He's got his arms out, and then he's got his arms over some stuff, and then he's lifting it up in the air, and uh, and then bringing it to people and feeding them. Yeah. So is that all involved in this thing? Yeah. I would. Yeah. Maybe just feeding. <laughs> yeah. I just wrote food, sacred meal. Ah. Yeah. Ritual. Like there's a certain way. If you watched him do it. Every single time you go to Mass, he does the exact same thing. If you're muting it, uh, and you mute it in Africa, you mute it in you know Thailand, you mute it in whatever, Branson, Missouri, um, it all looks the same. Yeah. And it's all ritual. It's all ritualized. It's kind of like a dance. And then it's a, it's a, sacred, it's a sacred meal because it's not just like you're doing chopped you know, that he's making a meal and then feeding people. It's like, he's doing something up there, all these gyrations and and motions, and talking and lifting his arms and looking up and whatever. And then eventually it's, here's the food. Yeah. Yeah, the sacred meal. Yeah. I like the ritual um, sense of it, just because my mind went to, like, any kid who goes to Mass regularly could do all that. You say, oh, what does the priest do? And they, well, they would do, do it. They go through the whole thing. Could pantomime it, you know? In I the, in I the would mute. I would love to see if 
uh, we can post along with this on Instagram the video of did you see that of uh, Jackson, Jackson and Micah doing mass, doing mass, <laughs> yeah. doing mass and it. then call and response and whatever. And like I love seeing kids uh, pretend to do mass because back in the day I would do it, but I did mine with like triscuits and your surgeon hands. And my surgeon hands, thank you. <laughs> Go on. Um, maybe I should mute you. Um, and then, uh, and then I would do the exact same impression of the priest because he would say he was like an older priest. He was like this filling guy, and he was like, "Take this, all <laughs> of you, and eat it." And like I would do that, and then my mom was like, "You better be careful. Someday you'll be a priest." I was like, "Yeah, right. Yeah, whatever." So. I love seeing the kids. I love parents that like buy them the whole set, um, you know, and then they or they make their own robes and stuff. But they get it. Yeah. They get the motion. They get that like you have to do these certain things in order for it to happen. I just think that's cool. Yeah, and it is a sacred meal. I mean, it it doesn't happen the same way that you know you don't walk up with your plate and you know receive your thing and then go back to your seat and eat your eat your meal or whatever at a at a regular, you know right. You know, family meal or whatever. It's, yeah. What's the name it's, of that? It's not who hot. Where it's just like the guy makes the meal, you know, in front of you. Like you choose oh, it, yeah, he yeah. makes the meal, and then you just go back to your seat and eat it. It's like, no, something different just happened. Yeah. And the and the there's this like meeting between the priest coming down and then the people coming up. And right. It's cool. Yeah. All right. I think it's helpful. Yeah. Anyways. All right, moving along. I like it. Holy orders. Holy orders. See, now I'm thinking of this commissioning. Guy walks in. Guy walks in in certain outfit. All of a sudden, like, falls down on the ground. Uh, Everybody's praying. Comes up. Lays the hands on. And then all of a sudden changes, like, uh, changes clothes. Yeah. And then starts getting stuff. That's like, right, and then he receives stuff in his yeah right? in his hands yeah. I actually wrote commissioned. Yeah, like if you were going to commission a nurse, if you were going to commission a soldier, soldier, you would give them certain things. Yeah, um, at that at that ceremony, and they would take yeah. My sister just graduated nursing school, and oh really? Yeah, she took pictures. Yeah, Maggie, you know Maggie and Alex, they both. They both have jobs now at the who, who hospitals. Did her, who did her pinning? I don't know. I don't see. I don't know what that is. But she was wearing a hat that my grandma had. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. She took pictures. Beautiful. I saw pictures of her in her nursing hat. Yeah. So that's what I thought of when you said, you know, you get, right. you've changed and you get new clothes. Exactly. And you get tools. I mean, you can imagine her with a stethoscope and a whatever, a catheter bag and right. a needle in hand. Well, I mean, that's what, that's what they do with firemen and, and police. Like, when it's time for their actual commissioning, like, they are in their police dress blues, um, and uh, they get a, a speech, and then at some point, it's like, here you are. Yeah, here's your badge. But not just, like, not just commissioning, but also, like, you have authority now. You yeah. have authority to do what previously you did not have authority to do. Yeah. Ultimately, you're given power. That's holy orders. Yeah. I'm saving it for another time, but it's like, I want to I give my short explanation about what holy orders was, you know, that I gave to RCA, because, like, ultimately it's about power. Like, yep. it's about how does Christ continue 
uh, bestowing his power upon uh, the world. So, yeah, and you pass it, and it's passed from the you know the commissioner, the the bishop who has the power, and then he's giving them, you know, and yeah, the power, and specifically with the with the mass, this is kind of like the central power of the priest. You're given the chalice mm-hmm. and um, and the patent, right? Right, and it's like this is this is the most important power of your life. You have other powers that are associated with it, you know? Right. Power to intercede for people, power to hear confessions, power to uh, anoint people and commend their souls to God and all these things, but it's really that, here's your tools, you know? Yeah, if, you're, if it's muted, if it's muted, you just see, like, he just changed clothes into, into his priest or deacon or bishop's outfit, and he gets stuff. So it's like, yeah, now you just leveled up. Yeah. Like, you went from Charmeleon to Charmander, or Charmander to Charmeleon, I can't remember. I never, is that just, there's only two levels? No, three, Charizard. Oh, Charizard. I think it's Charmeleon, Charmander, Charizard. I'd have to, I'd have to ask my brother-in-law, David Tucker. Charmeleon. He knows um, all that stuff, or so, Eusty. So you are, you're leveling up, you're given power, okay? Okay. All right, uh, anointing of the sick. You're in a hospital room. You walk in. They see you talk for a little bit. Uh, you raise your hands, make the sign of the cross, and then ultimately you lay your hands. Lay your hands on their head. On their head, and then um, make the sign of the cross with this, you know, weird little oil stock. Yeah. I. I mean, I guess I. I would think of comforting, mm-hmm. just like. People, when I go into a hospital room, they're petting the head of the person who's dying or yeah. they're you know, holding their hands or something. Right. Touch. Yeah, touch. The healing power of touch. Uh, that's part of what I have. Yeah, um, I like it. I think it's... Um, you're right. I'm, I'm, I'm liking just seeing this kind of... It simplifies things, but it hits the essence. Yes. Right? You, it com- is communicated essentially. We're not, we're not trying to ask people to think of something totally different than what actually is happening. Like, in a very ritualistic and primordial way, people would understand what is happening based on the actions that are being played out in front of them. Yeah. So you could mute, but you could also invite, you know, your, your new Chinese friend who has never seen anything Catholic. Yes. And yes, they would probably get a sense of what's going on, right? In a very basic way. And I actually think uh, so. I I put uh, touch, heals, and forgiveness because um, you know we know that Jesus, when he touched people, he said, um, "Your sins are forgiven you." And this person that comes in is not a doctor. This person that comes in is not going to administer the same kind of physical healing that the doctor or the nurse would do. When that person comes in and does their thing, it's like, oh, they are trying to heal that person. Why are they changing their, you know, like IV bag? Why are they, you know, checking their vitals? Why are they, you know, uh, whatever, administering some sort of, you know, uh, massage, whatever? Like, it's for the sake of healing. When the priest comes in, it's like, you don't look like you're doing the same kind of healing. You look like you're trying to heal something different. And that's where it's like, I think even in a mysterious way, you can, you can grasp, they're trying to forgive them. They're trying to free them from something else. Almost magic. 
almost like there's something in them that's wrong that the priest is able to assist them in um, getting over. Yeah. It's healing, but it's a different kind of healing than the doctors are doing. Right. On the, it's kind of, uh, well, I mean, you, you could say like an outside or an inside. Obviously, the doctors are trying to heal the inside, mm-hmm. but, um, but the soul. And I guess m- there's a difference between, like the doctors and nurses that come in and leave, it's different than the family who sits with somebody and they're waiting for them to die. They're trying to be just there with them when they die. You know, the priest does that, wants to be there, representative of the church, representative of Jesus, and is with, with the person. But they come and go, and they have a job to do. Yeah. So you do get that sense of like, okay, they've come to work on the person or heal this person and their soul, and then yeah. um, and then they leave because they're... Their role isn't just to be watching them die or present when they're dying or Mm -hmm. something. All right. There you go. Um, Marriage. Well, oh, wow. This one is just so intuitive. Um, You stand up. You're isolated from everybody else. You're holding your hands out at, like, uh, exchange of rings, obviously. There's mm-hmm. a con- connection, a sort of bond that's made. And then you kiss. And it makes it... Uh, obviously, everybody there's, claps. A, there's a romantic connection that's happening here mm-hmm. that's being celebrated by everybody. And that... I don't know, like... I mean, monogamy is expressed. I don't... Yes. Yeah, I think you need the words to hear the like permanent fidelity. Uh, do you, or do you just intuit that like that person wants to be with that person? Yeah, in a new in, way. In this way, yeah. In a new way, maybe not forever, maybe not forever, but uh, for you know, yeah, for something special. Yeah, you know, and knowing human nature, this is one of those perennial cultural. I mean, it doesn't even have to be a Christian thing, right? right. It's a natural um, yes. ceremony. It's a natural. Uh, bond and interest, ritual, mm-hmm. that would make sense, I think, to everybody. Um, just watching it. This is cool. Yeah, you, I'm putting it on mute. So Maybe ne- maybe next wedding I do, nobody's <laughs> going to say anything. Nice. You that wouldn't be valid. Yeah, that wouldn't Don't be valid. Don't try to do that. Um, so I just said love, obviously, um, but it is, I mean, you're right, like, that they actually do. They're set apart. They're holding hands, like they're expressing affection, but they're, it's not like to everyone, just to each other. Yeah. Um, that, that there is a uniqueness to their, the, the, the set-apart nature, and that's why I said it's consecrated love. That this love isn't just ordinary love, it's actually a love that we're setting aside for the two of them. And even maybe like the public nature of that. Um, mm, mm-hmm. The ceremonial is a part part of that consecrated sense. This is special. I mean, they could do that. They probably have done that elsewhere, at, at a nice dinner or restaurant somewhere, saying we want to be with each other forever. That's engagement. Marriage is like let's get everybody there to see this and to hear our promise. Right, but then it's also beautiful too because it's like is is. Is the priest a part of their love because he's right there with them? Is that is the church? Yeah, that like, could get weird, but um, no, I th- I see what you're saying. Right, you know, it is, is the church there's like a, somehow like 
involved in their love? Like, or is it just their love? Like, is that the only thing that matters, is their love? Or is there also another person that is present that they are welcoming? You know, like, it's just strange. Yeah. I would say the whole setting, you know, this happens in a sacred space. And yeah, you have this church representative or Jesus representative that makes the sacrament of marriage different than getting married at a mountaintop or by a friend. Right. That's why it's consecrated love and not just love. Right. Because when it's just love, uh, you could just have the two of you. And, you know, you can have your friends, you can have other people, you can have the mountainside, you can have the beach, but ultimately it's just about the two of you, you know, and that's what, that's what matters. So, um, I was sweating bullets because I had to announce, you know, cause like you announce the couple at the end. Um, and I was so worried the whole wedding for this couple. Oh, dede. That's the couple that I had Oguma introduced. Oguma Dede. Oguma Dede. <laughs> Is that the whole name? That's his name. Yeah, Shon and Jackie. Shon and Jackie. So I'm seriously like sweating bullets. Like I've, I've, I've practiced. I've you know been like, don't screw this up. Don't screw this up. Whatever. So anyways, the time comes, you know, and I said, you know, may, may your friends find solace in you and may the poor, you know, find a, you know, eternal place in, you know, may they welcome you one day into eternal dwellings because of your hospitality. Amen. And may Almighty God bless all of you who have reverently gathered, reverently gathered here this day in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It is my joy to present to you for the first time, Mr. and Mrs. Oguma Dede. <laughs> and I was you so got, happy. You had the inflection right. <laughs> I got it right. But then what did I Oguma not say? Dede. What did I not say? I don't know. Ogumwa you day. may kiss the bride. Oh, I always do that. Oh man. my! I always forget gosh. to do that. So literally, they look at me, and I'm so proud of myself that I got his name right that I forgot to say you may kiss the bride. Uh, so, anyways, they looked at me, and I was like, "Kiss the bride." I do that, man. I've done that like three times. Oh, yeah. And at my at my siblings' weddings. Yeah. And then everybody starts clapping, and you're like, "Oh no, uh, kiss the bride." Right. Whatever. Ogumadwewe. You did a good job. Ogumadwewe. Eh? I did a wedding for um, Margo and Danny Johnson, mm-hmm. and I panicked at the end like that because um, you just, I mean, you get in the mode. Everything's going, and um, I get to that point at the end, and I thought, wait a minute. What's his name? Yes. Uh-oh. It happens all wait, the time. what's his name? Yes. And th- I was confused because my cousin is Dan Johnson, oh. and I was like, that can't be right. His name can't get be Dan because that's my cousin. That's why I said, oh no, what's his name? What's his name? So I had to like, I had to tell John Brooks, stall for a little bit. And then I made my way back to the sacristy to look at the program. And sure enough, it was exactly what I thought it was, wow. but I'm not going to get it wrong and announce the wrong name. Yeah. Or just pretend to miss that part and say, kiss the bride. Kiss Whoops. The bride. Oh, I didn't introduce him. Yep. Consecrated love. That's my thought. And if you got, if, any, if people have other thoughts, you know, I'd love to hear them. So, last one, confession. Yeah, I mean, obviously, secrets. Secrets. Yeah, because you're going in, you're yep. kind of whispering something. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I mean, that's famous. That's even in, 
like the movies, people don't know people don't know how confession works, but they know it's about secrets. Secrets of the podcast. Right. They think it's a secret, but then it's like something strange is happening to this person. Cause before people go in, like they are shuffling, they're like, you know, pacing, they're nervous, you know, like sometimes they look like they're just death. Yeah. And then like they have this event happen, which sometimes, you know, they have these um, confessionals where you can see inside, which I think is always awkward. I understand for safe environment and everything else, but like it is a, it's a private moment. It's yeah. a private moment, and I, I think it's hard. I was, it was hard for me in the time of COVID when we were having confessions outside. That's what we're still doing at Cathedral. You're still doing outside? Out, outside of the boxes. Right. We're in, we're in the in the church, yeah. but we have a screen and then a kneeler. I know. I'm a, seated on the other side, but you can see the whole thing. Yeah. But, you know, in, I lived in Rome for a long time, and they just have a priest in front of a, right. a kneeler. I mean, there are, you could go kneel on the sides, but everybody can see everything. Right. And it's like r- much different, I think, in terms of, it's just more public that way. Yeah. It's not, I, now, for those who are not Catholic, no one can be in the vicinity where they can hear anything. So right. it's, that's very secretive. I mean, we keep that very, very uh, Even in Rome. And careful. Absolutely. Even in Rome. Yeah. They, they'll push everybody knows. Out. Everybody knows you yep. don't get close enough that you can hear anything. Exactly. Right. So it's a secret, but I also think that for a lot of people, like they, when they see them come out of the confessional, they're like, something changed. Oh, yeah. Something changed in that person. They're lighter. They're freer. I think sometimes they're, they're crying. Yeah. Um, sometimes they go and immediately embrace, you know, people that uh, they came with or like they're, you know, like sometimes you see kids, you know, after they go to confession, like they just run to their parents and hug them. Yeah. I love it. Um, or people go right to the pews and then they get really into this prayer, whatever yeah. it is. And I think that intuitively, I think you can see it's, it's reconciliation. It's a welcoming back of a relationship that was broken and now like you're back in, you know, whereas previously maybe you were out, now you're back in. I know that for some people, like they don't want to feel like, um, you know, sin completely breaks the bonds of, you know, like you always, no matter how far you go in sin, like I'll always be your dad or whatever else. I'm not saying that, but I think that we put a strain on a relationship and I think people can intuitively see it. But also, I think in a mysterious way, they can they can actually perceive some kind of exorcism. That like something was something was weighing upon you, and now like you're free. Yeah, you're different. You're light. You're yeah, smiling, and you're acting different. And you were just very sullen and whatever. And or you are, can be even more real. I mean, with the crying piece, it's like you were there was something cold. There was something like hard, and then you're going, you're softened, and you're just genuine and vulnerable or whatever. You know what else I was thinking about this, kind of just observing from the outside? You could say someone goes in there, and that priest or whoever's sitting there must say something really amazing to them, really strange, or what is going on? And you would just be filled with like intrigue or curiosity. Like, how is that person so different going in and coming out when yes. all they did was talk to that guy? Right. But 
it's not some, you know, priest has very little smart to say. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> you know, anybody who's been to confession knows what what the the magic words that are spoken to them is yeah. um, God forgives you. I absolve you from your sins. Yep. You are forgiven. And yep. it's it is amazing. I love it. I have that same, you know, that same reaction, but I could imagine someone who didn't know what was going on looking at that saying, what is that guy telling Yes. Them? He tells, you know, everybody's walking up and having this very strange change of demeanor. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, and I think it all boils down to um, the definition of a sacrament. Part of the reason why I, I kind of did this thought exercise is the definition of a sacrament is an efficacious sign instituted by Christ in order to give grace or an outward sign an outward efficacious sign. So sometimes we just need to look at the sign and be like, why is it that that sign really does convey what Christ is intending it to convey? And not just kinda, it actually is doing it. You're you're picking up on the reality present that, wow, like these people are washed, these people are consecrated, these people have been given authority, these people have been given, you know, been freed of something. So... Anyways, well, maybe I would add, I'm fascinated by the idea of um, faith, uh, faith giving meaning to all of these things. Mm -hmm. Because say you're the alien, you've come to to, uh, Earth and you're watching these things, you could go and try to do that in your alien civilization and it wouldn't do anything. It wouldn't have the effects that it's having on, that you're observing from the outside. True. And it's... You could see something happening, and you can make sense of it as a human being, but with the gift of faith, you find meaning in it and and understand it in a very deep way that I don't know that you would otherwise. But at least you would pick up on the basic theme. Yeah. I think you could get it. You just don't get it in the same way. Right, right. You could maybe understand what's happening, but not, I don't know, like someone who's been through confirmation... Mm-hmm. feels that or sees that differently, I think. Yes, and and that's where I'm just like, why don't we just return to the, our favorite things, you know, like Sound of Music, pun intended, um, and, uh, you know, other, you know, events that we really enjoy and be like, hey, see it with different eyes. See it with, in a different way so that, you know, you your faith can actually be deepened because the whole senses are awakened when uh, we encounter the sacraments. It's not just like your eyes or your ears, you know, but Christ comes in all these different ways. So that's it. Dude, I think that's cool. There you go. When the dog bites. When the bee stings. Well, you got Don't do it, dude, because I said I don't like musicals and people... But you made the pun. True, but people... You set it up. People are going to think like uh, that Father Nathan's not telling the truth, so... Uh, I just have one shout out to uh, Maura Wilburn, uh, Catholic wife promoter. Um, so uh, sometimes we have people that uh, say, oh, yeah, I know you. You're from the podcast. I don't listen, but my wife does or my husband does. Um, and uh, so uh, Brian Wilburn, oh, sorry, Paul Wilburn uh, wrote in or called me and uh, said that he, um, uh, no, it, it is Brian Wilburn. What the heck? Paul, dang it. This is that moment. Fletch. Ah! Sorry, Brian. I know Paul. Maura Wilburn, but uh, I don't I don't know who her husband is. 
Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Um, yeah, it's it's Brian. Um, I wrote Paul. That was wrong. Uh, but uh, Brian Wilburn is her husband, and um, uh, so she's a big time listener. He's like, yeah, I don't listen to you guys. I don't care. But my wife yeah. is a huge supporter. So, anyways, yeah, shout out. To we Paul. love them all. That's right. Thanks for being a great mom and uh, friend. Well, uh, shout out to some couples that I got to witness their marriage this year. There you go. I, I was just doing a, like compiling the um, the weddings that I did this year because I like to put them on a sheet and then mm. pray for them regularly. Nice. Um, or this last That's year. That's helpful. Whatever. But um, yeah, just some, you know, Margot and Danny, Mariah and Conancio, um, Nancy and Ryan, Cat and Tane, Maggie and Alex. That's my my sister and Cat brother. and Tane? Cat and Tane, Yazzie. Yeah, they're cool. I think they live they live in the uh, Pacific Northwest, but they're from here. Fun. So that's just a handful. You know I love y'all. Great. Sacraments, man. Sacraments, put, put it on church. mute. Put it on mute. Check it out. Try something new. You know, put some earplugs in when you go to mass next time and just see if you have a different experience. Cool. Just, just put them in after the homily. There's a lady who wears this these headphones throughout mass oh. at the cathedral. I don't I think she might be like hearing impaired listening on a radio shortwave okay. or yeah. something. All right. But I don't know. Yeah. I haven't figured it out. Is it rude for me to go bother her about that? No. Be like, hey, I like your style. All right. So I'll try it. All right. God bless you, everybody. Thank you, everyone. Catholic Stuff real. Podcast. His name is Brian Wilburn. Sorry, I looked it up. Jeff Fletcher, again, sorry about stealing your sweater. This is Catholic Stuff You Should Know. Uh, please don't send us Abercrombie stuff because it won't fit uh, me. I need to turn anywhere. See you later, folks. Bye-bye.